and we are recording with the one and only Miss Claire Lopez on Thursday, June fifteenth. I almost said January, June fifteenth, twenty twenty three, at four forty four p.m. Eastern time. And I got the thumbnail correct this time. Last time I guessed that we were going to talk about Kosovo. We ended up talking about Turkey the whole time. So if anyone's wondering why that last episode said Kosovo. And then we just didn't talk about that. I couldn't change the thumbnail afterwards. I have a friend at Rumble who also couldn't change it. We don't know what's up. It is what it is. But this time, I believe I got the thumbnail correct and that we are talking about Chinese special forces at the United States southern border. Miss Lopez, could you please expand on that? Yeah, Tommy. Hi, thanks. And uh, yes, good to ma'am. be with you as always. So yes, ma'am. Um, there are two outstanding investigative reporters um, down uh, both at our southern border with Mexico and and further on south, um, down uh, especially especially one of them um, uh, at the Darien Gap in at the other side of the Darien Gap that that sits uh, between Colombia and Panama um, from uh, South America going into um, Central America for uh, illegals headed north. So. Uh, these two reporters are Todd Bensman, uh, who recently wrote the book Overrun, uh, excellent, and um, his partner uh, is Michael Yan, a war correspondent and former uh, Special Forces uh, um, uh, officer. No, I don't think it was an officer, but it was a former Special Forces out of what used to be called Fort Bragg, um, but he, is, he has reported from you know, conflict zones literally all over the world, but more recently been focusing a lot uh, down south. And um, as a matter of fact, just before coming on with you, Tommy, I was watching Newsmax with Chris Salcedo and uh, he had on um, the program uh, aerial footage, and we could talk about this uh, too, of something called a colonia, which is kind of like a housing um, development uh, this one located uh, near Houston, Texas, full of illegals with thousands more on the way. Um, and that um, that that aerial footage um, was uh, was obtained by Todd uh, Bensman and Michael Yan, who uh, rented out a plane for the day. I think it was just yesterday on the 14th of uh, June. Here we are, 2023. And uh, that footage now is up all over the place, including Twitter, uh, for both of those reporters, Todd Bensman and Michael Yan. And uh, as I said just now, shown on Chris Salcedo's show at Fox News. But back down further south, which is where Michael Yan um, has been recently before returning uh, back up north to Texas. And um, he uh, previously, on multiple occasions, has been... Uh, on both the Colombian side and the Panamanian side of the Darien Gap, which uh, interestingly in Spanish, uh, the uh, Darien Gap uh, goes by the name of tampon, which means <laughs> plug, <laughs> Spanish. In any case, he's been in there, out of there. Um, and the last time uh, that he was reporting uh, and that I was able to talk with him actually by telephone about a week ago or so, uh, was around a week ago when he was on the Panamanian side um, of the Darien Gap and uh, sitting in a little cafe uh, on a main uh, thoroughfare, a, a road, 
and um, it was nighttime when we were talking, and uh, he was he was actually I guess shooting uh, camera um, you know footage even as we were talking, and that later appeared on his um, his uh, Twitter feed, which is Michael Yan Jungle by the way, and um, the footage he was he was uh, filming at that point in time was of these great big very nice comfortable coach buses yeah uh rolling through this village on their way north each one of the buses he he said hold um you know holds maybe 40 45 people and he was counting them as we were sitting there um he down there me up here uh, I, I think we got up to like eight and, and i don't know they were still rolling but all of them full of illegals and headed north well um, as part of that um, story, um, him being in that in that little town or village on the Panamanian side of the Darien Gap, uh, people were telling him, and he observed also, and has in the past too, not just this occasion, but many, many, many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young, fit, military-age Chinese men. Now, the thing about it is that you could say yes, who wouldn't want to escape out of, you know, uh, that oppressive regime of the Chinese Communist Party and uh, get out of there? Well, OK, but it's not the easiest thing in the world in China to obtain a passport. And then the sums of money that would be required um, to transport you, you know, from China westward. Um, maybe through Turkey, maybe through Saudi Arabia, maybe through other places along the way, way stops, ultimately, and these are air flights flying, um, ultimately all the way over to the Western Hemisphere, uh, often landing in either Cuba, um, you can see why, or uh, Ecuador. Um, in both of those places, um, it, they don't need to have uh, the same kind of uh, documentation um pay uh, uh passports and so forth uh, as other travelers might and that's why those two landing places and then from those two places you know um on to um uh you know the northern part of so south america colombia and then on up darien gap to panama so that's the first thing to note it's not the simplest thing to make that trip the, the cartels which control all of this traffic trafficking um charge $30,000, dollars per person for a trip like that out of Asia all the way to um, at least, uh, you know, northern part of Central, uh, of, of uh, South America, and maybe more for the rest of the journey on up through Central America, Mexico to the U.S. border. Uh, in any case, not the simplest thing for an ordinary Chinese person, a worker, um, to lay their hands on $35,000. So put all of that together. And then the other thing that these uh, townspeople were telling Michael, Jan, again, back, back to the village in Panama, um, as they were watching these, these Chinese young men, and aside from noticing, you know, how uh, military they looked and and you know you you know military Tommy. I mean there, there's a certain bearing there's a certain carriage there's a certain mm -hmm. uh sort of the way you handle or carry yourself right that's yeah. kind of observable you can just, yeah you can just uh, tell. but in addition to that what 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 the townspeople were were telling michael is that upon emerging from 
the Darien Gap, which is very rugged. It's a it's a dangerous place to to traverse through. Um, very rugged terrain, rivers, poisonous snakes. Uh, you know, uh, all kinds of criminals preying on the people going through there and so forth. Um, when people emerge uh, on the other side of it, they're like they're exhausted. They're they're hungry. They're tired. They're thirsty. Um, but these young Chinese men were coming out and they were in a celebratory mood. Well, okay, they, they made it through. Um, but what they were doing, according to the, uh, the uh, townspeople there, um, was killing chickens and drinking shots of their blood. Now, that's not what your average, you know, illegal alien coming up through the Darien Gap does upon arrival safely on the Panamanian side. It's just not. No, it sounds more so that, like that, that really that does sound out. like so. Some, yeah. Um, Michael, who who knows uh, Dr. Li Meng Yan, familiar to you, I know, and probably many of your viewers too, uh, as well as to me, uh, Michael Michael contacted Dr. Li Meng Yan and asked her, you know, what do you think this 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 could possibly mean? What does this indicate? What would you think? And she said that. Um, Back in uh, 2013, uh, CCP, Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping, uh, established a unit, the 75th Special Operations Brigade um, of the People's Liberation Army, uh, established again, 2013. Um, this is a unit that is subordinate to the Joint Staff Department uh, of the PLA's Central Military Command. And this unit is home-based in China's Yunnan province. Now, they train as special forces. You would know this, Tommy, of, in all kinds of terrain, um, including mountainous, including uh, naval training, and, and, of course, jungle. Well, in this case, it was the jungle training that apparently gave them their moniker, uh, which they go by Jungle Tigers. And we got this from Dr. Li Meng Yan. And she said... That for the jungle tigers, their signature training ritual is the drinking of chicken's blood. So that's that's what we're looking at in that particular case. I was going to make a comment about Michael Yan when you first brought him up, but because people ask me and email me and comment all the time, Tommy, you got to get him on, and I've been trying to get him on for three years and I can't get in touch with them. But I decided to I decided to zip it. But then you mentioned again that you were talking to him on the phone. So now, like a very I'll have rude, to try again. Yeah. I, I need you to put me in touch with him. I'm at, going at to, least I'm, at least if he has some open space in his calendar, his schedule. Um I'm yeah. I'm gonna rudely put you on the spot and ask you to put me in touch with him. Okay. Um so Chinese special forces at the southern border. Well, that is uh what it looks like. Um and, and we don't mean just at our southern border. Uh, these are probably not the sort of migrants who are going through ports of entry and turning themselves in to CBP, Customs and Border Protection. These are far more likely, seems to me, to be the sort of illegal aliens who are going around the ports of entry, slipping in through other places between the ports of entry and have likely in who knows how many numbers already entered the United States and are who knows where do, doing who knows what. Well, they're probably doing what special forces do, which includes 
infrastructure sabotage. Well, or linking up maybe first sure. with others from their unit, maybe in different places around the country with, you know, groups um, positioned in, in different strategic locations, not just one place, um, doing, you know, pre-attack planning, um, surveillance, um, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, this is where my mind goes. One of my one of my buddies is a former Green Beret. And when all the trains were derailing, he said, he was like, theoretically, if I was an agent from another country, not that I would ever do this. He was like, I would theoretically go to Lowe's and get this, that, and the other thing all for about $300. And then theoretically go to my nearest, you know, railroad track I found. And he was saying, he's like, you could do this for $300 with one night of staking out the area. In 36 hours, you could have a train derailed. Well, I'll tell you what really shocked me is when um, some of these more recent train derailments uh, were making the news headlines. I was reading commentary from from other experts, railway experts, who were saying, we the American people don't have the foggiest clue how commonplace rail derailments, railroad derailments are. I didn't know. But there are literally hundreds of them every single year. Yeah. And that's that's not sabotage. That's careless. Uh, sure. That is mistakes. That's errors. That's I don't know what. Um, transportation secretary, uh, anybody home? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I read that as well. I think it's something more like it's like a thousand a day or something. Something. No, insane. I don't think that many, but maybe but per. But so the point know, is, is what what I also day, what but... I also read in there was um purposeful derailments where they're trying to like purposely do something, they just barely hop the track. Mm. I don't know why they put these weird block things on there. Those mm. are included. So the intentional control derailments that are barely hopping off or the like tracks. what insurance or something? No, 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 no. It's like it's it's like something they actually do. And when it's like a train, like if it's if like two trains are going and one is one needs to break off. But basically, the intentional little tiny hops are categorized okay. as the same uh, as okay. cataclysmic. So I don't know how casualty much... causing derailments. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The one in the the East Palestine one would yeah, East Palestine, be, Ohio. That mm -hmm. would count as that would also just be one, and so would a slight hop off. Okay, big difference but, um, between them. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I also know nothing about this, so I don't know how accurate what I'm saying is. So just full disclosure, and I'm often wrong more often than almost all the time. So, but I want to get I want to get back. So, what realistically, you know, how long has this been going on? I mean, I think it would be silly to assume, at least for me, that this is anything new that uh, our adversaries are are slipping past our our unchecked borders. Well, I mean, we know from CBP's own published statistics about the dozens upon dozens, um, nearly 100 in the last fiscal year, that being fiscal year 2022, of uh, individuals on the um, you know various terror watch lists that our national security agencies keep. So there's that. And, and those are the ones that have been apprehended, caught. Uh, never mind the gotaways, which we really don't know. So, yeah, I mean, we we also know from CBP and other reporting uh, that one of the cartel tactics is 
to flood a legal uh, port of entry um, place with, you know, many hundreds all at once of, of uh, you know, intending migrants, uh, most of them illegals, um, so that the resources of CBP are pulled away from other places along the border to process these people. They all get processed, they all get paperwork, and they say, please turn yourself into ICE in the next, you know, you, your appointment is uh, in four years. Adios, amigos, and off they go. Well, while they're dealing with that, changing diapers and handing out baby formula, uh, the places in between the ports of entry are left unguarded, maybe monitored technologically, and that's where people can uh, discern how there may be some gotaways there, but but no people, no no no, you know, CBP agents actually there, and that's where they, uh, you know, come in. Then, well, they flood the the, the zone of of the port of entry. Uh, that leaves the other places open. And then the jihadis come through, the narco traffickers come through, the child traffickers, we should talk about that, come through. Um, and others, maybe perhaps like some of these Chinese men, uh, that's when and where they would try to come in. Let's jump onto it then, the child traffickers. Yeah. So during the Trump administration, um, a policy for CBP uh, was enforced under which the family groups uh, that claimed they were traveling with a related child were tested on the spot, you know, cheek swab DNA testing on the spot at the port of entry. And uh, when it was determined that, yes, these, these are related um, parents probably and, and child or at least closely related, okay, vaya con Dios. Um, but uh, when they were not, they were caught on the spot. And uh, that is when, um, yes, children were separated from those adults because those adults were traffickers um, and uh, they were denied entry, uh, the adults. And um, the, uh, the children were saved from uh, what would have been certain um, abuse, um, probably, uh, you know, involuntary servitude in, I don't know, meat packaging plants, packaging plants and so forth across the United States uh, to pay off their passage fee, right, to the cartels, or worse yet, that they would be trafficked into child sex trafficking uh, rings. And um, that policy, uh, which which caught a number of, of people this way, traffickers this way, um, also serve the purpose of deterring others. So those attempts at slipping through by claiming you've got a kid along with you, that's my child, those attempts diminished drastically. And that was the point of it. Um, and that was a very successful policy. But it wasn't law. It was a policy. And so when the Biden administration came in, um, just um, a couple of weeks ago, or not even quite yet, end of May this year, 2023, the Biden administration ended the policy of DNA testing at the border. Nobody can even fathom why they would do that, why DHS Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas would do that, um, except that they are knowingly, deliberately aiding and abetting child trafficking. Now, uh, in response to that, uh, I just saw this today, <clears throat> and that is that during a um, 
a House of Representatives uh, hearing in Congress yesterday on June the 14th, um, uh, House Homeland Security Chair uh, Mark Green, who is a Republican from the state of Tennessee, um, was 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 uh, discussing these issues and and talking about that. And um, so there is a um, not only an investigation in, into this the, this policy or the the, the uh, curtailing the ending of the policy, um, you know, but 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 also into Homeland Security Department of Homeland Security itself and and Secretary. Mayorkas. Um, and then there was also a, um, I, I'm, I'm looking at this, my notes, because I just saw this today. Um, there's a new bill that's been proposed uh, in Congress that would uh, codify into law, if the bill were to be passed, um, the requirement for DNA testing of, you know, family units with minor children at the border. Um, you know, don't know yet, what chances that bill has of passing probably pretty good in the house who knows what they'll do in the senate uh and you know with child trafficker and chief sitting in the oval office would he veto a bill like that have to wait and see but that is all in the works right now um but but more and more we're seeing um you know this issue of the child trafficking uh brought out i saw jason chaffetz former representative uh jason chaffetz on another program on TV earlier today too. And um, he was just absolutely laying into the administration and to um, Secretary Mayorkas for permitting, allowing, aiding and abetting child trafficking, talking out loud about what happens to these poor little kids who, who have been found, literally found in the middle of the night in things like meatpacking plants I mentioned earlier um, but also um, known to be trafficked into sex trafficking all across the United States. And this is because of our open border hour. Uh, President Biden's, uh, Secretary Mayorkas's open border policy, um, by the way, uh, it's not just the southern border, but the northern border is experiencing problems too in terms of illegal migration. Um, but their policies of... Um, just turning a blind eye to uh you know not just the narco trafficking not just the uh the flood of fentanyl coming into the country that by the way is now the leading cause of death for young uh for young americans between the ages of 18 and 45 turning a blind eye to that turning a blind eye to the jihadis and the terrorists coming in but also turning a blind eye i mean i don't know how you rank these things but to me, the abuse of children is just the worst, and and that they don't care. They just don't care. Just unforgivable. I mean, really, that is that's unforgivable. Can can you expand on on the northern border? Well, I don't have uh, as much um, information or data about that as as has become, you know, um, really widespread for the southern border. Uh, I should mention here, by the way. Uh, our website, defendtheborder.org. I've mentioned it before, defendtheborder.org, where I write um, and uh, others uh, also write there. This is a collaboration among Tom Trento, the United West organization, uh, Tom Homan, uh, President Trump's former acting ICE director, and uh, a number of us um, 
who contribute articles and commentary to that website, defendtheborder.org. But I would recommend that as a, as a good place to go for articles that include information from the reporters I've mentioned, like Todd Bensman, uh, like Michael Yon, uh, like uh, The Daily Caller, uh, Just the News, articles from these different outlets. Um, and uh, probably there will be the best chance to find out more about what's going on on the northern border as well as the southern border. Uh, but I gather that um, with, with Canadian policies under Justin Trudeau, their prime minister, um, things are picking up along the northern border into the United States too. Just making sure I added it into the description. Um, I think it's in there already, but I just want to, if I double edit, then no problem with that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I got you. Um, the kind of shift just because it's on my mind, because just because I had on Tony Lyons talking about RFK. Um, what do you think? Of, is it is it the Democrats don't want to do primaries? Is that is that what's going on right now? Well, if 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 you're president and. Uh, you know, your main um, candidate uh, to run for a second term and uh, stand for election again next year. What is it, 17 or something months away from now um, in November of 2024 is Joe Biden, who is visibly declining physically and cognitively just about every day. Yeah. Would you want to risk putting him up on a stage for an open debate? Of course not. Uh, with somebody like a, a Robert Kennedy Jr. or uh, Marianne we uh, Williamson, who is another um, candidate as well. Of course you wouldn't, especially because RFK is buttoned up and it's got all his talking points. But do you think they will? I mean, is there any reason no. why they'd have? To? No, they don't. I don't, I don't think they will. I, I think they know that that is a disaster in the making. Um you know, teleprompter or, uh, you know, earpieces, uh, notwithstanding notes, yeah. whatever. Um, it probably, I mean, we're, we're talking about the primaries kicking off really in early, you know, next year, let's say, you know, the January, February, March timeframe really getting going. Um, you know, who knows where uh, President Joe Biden will be cognitively and physically at that point in time. Uh, they are not going to risk it. They'll yeah. put them in the basement again, you know, work last time, try it again. Uh, maybe a bunch of new tricks um, for um, stealing elections again this time. Yeah. Um, what do you think would be the catalyst for any sort of reformation of the border? Did you say the catalyst? What would be the catalyst for a reformation of what is happening at the border? Um, a new president named Donald J. Trump. That's it. I really don't see... Uh, anything else um, changing these policies before then, because, you know, we all look at what's going on down there as a practically unmitigated catastrophe, um, you know, not just for the country uh, and what it's doing to our society and communities all over the United States, but, but for these illegal aliens themselves, the migrants themselves, um, you know, who are suffering terribly in terms of assault and uh, rape and robbery uh, and, and, and you know, all kinds of diseases, by the way, that they're bringing into the United States, hacking and coughing and sneezing their way um, in, into our country, carrying things like polio, scabies, um, you know, who knows what else, uh, uh, antibiotic resistant tuberculosis that we 
haven't seen here in America in decades. Um, but but they're the ones suffering from those diseases. And of course, we will too before too long. Um, so, you know, we see all that as an unmitigated catastrophe, a disaster. Uh, but apparently our leadership at the moment does not see it that way. They love it. They think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread because they think that these, you know, newcomers are Others. going to wind up at some point, um, not only being uh, uh, given some kind of amnesty, but maybe even citizenship and the right to vote. And they think that most of them, if not all of them, will vote Democrat. Um, not sure that's necessarily true. If you look at second and third generation, let's say, um, Hispanic communities in the United States, um, many of whom, by the way, waited in line and came here legally, um, they're pretty conservative people in terms of, of their values. Um, you know, hard work, family oriented, um, Christian, um, you know, practicing devout Christians. Um, so not sure that that formula had, they have in mind is going to work out, but nevertheless, that's how they're thinking. And um, so, uh, you know, we think it's awful. We think it's a disaster. We know it's a disaster for, for the people themselves, for us, the American people, um, but they don't they don't see it that way. And for clarification, all those illnesses, that's all stuff that they used to check for at like Ellis Island, right? Well, right, right. And as a matter of fact, that's new, what like... Title 42 under the, again, the Trump administration was for, uh, in that case, specifically aimed at the then China virus, the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but in my mind, ought to be applicable for any of these other um, serious, serious diseases that 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 these illegals are carrying in with them. But they yeah, don't, I've seen comments that. about that, that. That expired May 11 of this year. Yeah, I've seen comments about that. They're like, this is just some new form of xenophobia. It's like, dude, you can go back to pre-World War One and look at videos of them coming through. I mean, like old. I mean, they're terrible quality, but black and white, no mm -hmm. audio videos. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you go up, right? They, you know, they'll give you a check. They'll circle something. If you've got a dot, they got the doctor right there. You go that way. You go. It's like 1905. This isn't exactly. New. This isn't That's new right. at all because that is the practices of public health. Well, and many of our own ancestors, I think mine included, my Irish you know, ancestors, uh, came yeah. in legally that way, and um, came through Ellis Island and, you know, legally entered America. But I mean, uh, no, that's uh, not so much what they're doing today. No. Yeah, but it, I mean, I I know for a fact that it is, it is supposed to still happen today because I've interviewed multiple times, um, uh, Dr. Alex Diaz who was the head of this stuff, I think in Texas, if not the whole Southern border, but yeah, it was, you know, it's limited. It's like five minutes per person, but they have a team of doctors and they come mm -hmm. and do a thousand people a day, but no, you're looking for these, like you're just looking for the absolute worst possible. Yeah. You got to cough, whatever they're looking for. Yeah. Tuberculosis, polio. They're looking for the, the bad, bad, excuse my French, the bad, bad shit. And they get them all at knock them off five minutes. You're out. Like we still do it. It is supposed to still happen. So it's not, it's not, pearl clutching or xenophobic to say like yeah man what are they bringing in you know if, if if i can't if i can't go to the gym because i don't have a gene therapy va vaccine card then in in what in what rational universe can i also walk across the southern border well the answer is is i'm not walking across the southern border voting democrat that's just that's what it is that's not that's not that's not some ridiculous statement that that is what it is 
but you can't bring it up without being called a racist. Yeah, but thank you because you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then to also in the in the last two minutes, so can we touch on the the fentanyl? Because that is, I mean, way back, I think episode like two hundred or something, I had on I can't even remember his name, but the author of the book Fentanyl Inc. I think it was Ben Westoff, and that was in twenty twenty. And he's talking about the fentanyl uh, epidemic. Yeah. We're, we're three years later now. Could you maybe touch on that? Yeah. So fentanyl, first of all, uh, is a synthetic opioid. Um, it is mixed up from precursor chemicals in a lab, and those labs can be as small as backyard setups. Um, back, uh, you know, as far as as we're talking about, even back to, to the, uh, the Trump administration, um, it was known uh, that fentanyl was coming in through our southern border, along with other, you know, uh, illicit um, uh, contraband um, drugs, uh, the, the heroin, uh, the methamphetamines, also, um, you know, the uh, um, the marijuana and so forth, uh, cocaine. Um, and at the time, uh, it was finished tablets uh, coming across that border that had been shipped first to Mexico to the, the cartels down there, in particular Sinaloa, which um, commands a good stretch of our Southern border from uh, uh, Arizona to Texas. Um, and so when, when President Trump uh, spoke at one point to uh, Xi Jinping, he said, uh, knock it off, stop that. And uh, Xi Jinping, oh, okay, okay, sure. Uh, with his Winnie the Pooh smile, and um, so, you know, uh, for what good that was, uh, what happened is that the Chinese then um, stopped shipping the finished tablets of fentanyl over to Mexico for onward trafficking north to the United States, and instead began sending the precursor chemicals. As I said, it's synthetic, completely, um, uh, you know, made from, from precursor chemicals. And um, what happens in China is that um, nothing like this, of this scale, happens without at least the tacit uh, knowledge and approval of the CCP, Chinese Communist Party. And so what's happening now is that criminal gangs, which are allowed to function by the CCP, um, send the precursor chemicals to Mexico uh, along with the industrial presses that stamp out from the powder, the tablets, the pills uh, that are the final form uh, that that uh, the um, the cartels then you know bag up and and, and ship north. Um, the other thing to note here is that uh, in return, of course, huge huge amounts of money, uh, profits, and that money um, is sent back to Chinese banks, which are under the control of the Chinese Communist Party. And those banks launder that money for the cartels. There's, there's you know, a constant interchange between them. And this too, of course, is sanctioned, that is allowed by the CCP. Hmm. Except that Donald Trump is not president anymore, and um, he's not there to uh, lay down the law uh, to the Chinese Communist Party anymore. Yeah, you you don't 
you're not making money in the CCP without some approval, whether it's conscious or unconscious, whether it's they stamp no, this, it this or is, whether this is a racket. I mean, this is racketeering oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. among the Chinese Communist Party, the criminal gangs, the national banks in China, yeah, and the cartels in Mexico. Yeah, it's like uh, wasn't it was it HSBC and Hezbollah back in like 2011 or something? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, man. Like, if there's money to be laundered. These banks will do it. And, I mean, again, by leaving an open border, you are also giving your tacit approval of it. You're looking the other way. There's no, you're, they're not, they're not unaware of it at the yeah. DHS. They know it's happening. You yeah, can't say, if you and I know it's happening on this podcast, they know it's happening. And so you are given, you know, so be it crime from illegal immigrants, be it. um, You know, I mean, I said. Uh, before that opioid um, uh, deaths, including the majority, over 70% of that being fentanyl, uh, cause uh, is the leading cause of death for Americans between the ages of 18 and uh, 45. Yeah. And to put some numbers yeah. to that, it's over 100,000 Americans yeah. murdered by the CCP and the cartels in the last fiscal year, 2022, um, which which folks may know, fiscal year runs 1st of October to the 30th of September. Uh, and so the new fiscal year that we're in right now, fiscal year 2023, began 1st of October. We're now in early June of 2023. In these um, six, nine months, um, we're already on track, sadly, tragically, to surpass the death count from the last fiscal year due to fentanyl, yes, and other opioids too, but primarily fentanyl. Well, it's not, it's not an exaggerating statement to say that it's not just murdered by the CCP, but by our own government. Because again, complicit. if you are turning yeah. a blind eye to what is happening, you're not just letting in individuals with this. I mean, on the lowest, lowest end, it's like, yeah, you're overriding you're, or you're overloading social uh, social net systems. Sure, that's one argument. You could say crime's going up. That's another argument. But I mean, the biggest is, I mean, child sex trafficking and fentanyl. Yeah. And none of this is it's not an exaggeration to say that you have a hand in it. You're letting it happen. You are the government. You are the law of the land. You're letting this happen. There is no, there's no murky water there. There's no plausible deniability. This isn't some foreign shadowy black ops program that they actually didn't tell the president about. This is right here every day, all day on the Southern border. Yeah. That's, and that's just, that's it. And you know, if, if Republicans had not, you know, taken control of the House of Representatives in the last election last year, 2022, we might not even yet know uh, as much as we do about this. Um, you know, uh, thanks, I mean, thanks in any case to uh, intrepid reporters like Todd Bensman and Michael Yan, but um, those hearings um, are important, I think. And, and we'll say, well, you know, where's the accountability? Where does it go from there? Well, at the moment, no, the, the Democrats do control the Senate. Um, and of course, the White House also controlled uh, by uh, the Democrats. So 
uh, we may not have that accountability uh, right yet. But the House does have a lot of powers, which I'm happy to say, uh, say and to see that, that they're exercising, meaning holding the hearings, um, putting some of our, you know, these top um, officials of, of uh, departments uh, like uh, Alejandro Mayorkas under oath, uh, you know, on the on the witness stand, even though they smirk and you know uh, refuse to answer questions, but it it, it does make um, you know for for the record uh, an example, um, you know, an expose expose of, of what's going on, and again that that the American people are are finally able to see and would never have happened, you know, were the Democrats to have held control of the uh, the House. As I always do with our episodes. Is there any is there any silver lining? Is there any good news? Is there any is there anything cheery? Well, it's not cheery, but what I will say is that I think the dam uh, of information is bursting open. If if that's a positive, it, it, at least because yeah. of the reporters we've talked about, because of the hearings being held on Capitol Hill, because of certain you know uh, freedom House Freedom Caucus members in particular in the House of Representatives, at least. The information is finally coming out. Tip of the hat also goes to John Solomon at Just the News uh, and other places too. Um, but it's it's a slight, but I think maybe something of a silver lining, perhaps that we can end on. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't you can't censor every topic. It's you know, it's southern border. It's it's vaccine injuries. It's it's this that the other thing. I mean. Maybe that is the positive news that they're trying to juggle so many things at once that it's all going to come crashing down. And that might not sound like positive news, but it's the Again, mo- it's the it's, most positive news we can get out of this. I think so at the moment. Yeah. Oof. Well, you know, always always cheery episodes with with Miss Claire Lopez. Don't you love it? I do. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't keep having you back on if I didn't yeah, if I didn't. No, I, I, it's it's important and I thank you for, you know, allowing us to talk about such grim topics cuz I, I I do think they're important. Well, they are. And yeah. um going forward hopefully um we'll move to a better place. I think we will. Um with that guys, please go into the description. Please go follow Miss Lopez especially on Twitter and uh, all the links I updated uh while we were talking. Uh, please go click on those and uh, Miss Lopez till next time. Okay. Thank you so much guys. Thank thank you so much for watching.